told of the greatest revival we've ever seen. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe it with all of my heart. Well, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. It's harvest time. If we'll get out there and compel them to come in, it's harvest time. It's harvest time at the Truth Church. Amen. Thank you to those that are listening online as well. We do appreciate. I know there are some that would be here if they could. And uh, they're not able to be here. And they're listening online tonight. And we appreciate that very, very, very much. Amen. Praise God. Brother Waldrop, we're glad that you're here. And I want you once again just to take your liberty and obey the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you, Elder Rick, and praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Do you feel the touch of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight? Amen. Amen. I felt the breath of Holy Ghost confirmation. Amen. Sweep in this sanctuary a few moments ago. Amen. When your man of God began to declare about a great revival. Amen. That is on not just our hearts and on our minds, but it's on the mind of God. Amen. Revival is on God's mind for this church. Amen. For your family. Amen. Does anybody believe that tonight? Amen. I'm convinced. I am convinced. Praise the Lord. Let's Amen. Exercise our faith and let's allow the Holy Ghost to orchestrate our lives every, every, every day, every day that we live. Amen. Amen. Ordering our steps. The book says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. Let's just wake up in the morning ready for the Holy Ghost to help us be a part of His promises being fulfilled. Praise God. It's the will of God for every one of, of you in this church, every one of you, to be a part of this revival, to get your hands in the harvest. Amen. It's the will of God for these series of services to begin to bear fruit. I know there's been a lot of good things happen, and the kind of services we've been having, there's more actually happening than what meets the eye. I, I, I get all of that. Amen. But... Uh, We've not just come to have good church. We've come to see revival. We've come to see the growing of the church and the building of the kingdom. Come on, this is it. This is the word of the Lord, of the increase, of the increase, of the increase, of the increase of His government and peace. There shall be no end. Amen. And so, amen, there is a reason for the kind of services we've been having. They've been necessary. They've been needed. It's been the will of God. I'm convinced that every service has been in the will of God. And I appreciate you obeying the Holy Ghost with us. Amen. But we're looking for people to obey the gospel. Amen. We're looking for pews to be filled. Amen. Looking for sinners in the altar. People obeying the Holy Ghost. Obeying the gospel. Being filled with God's Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Amen. I do appreciate the faithfulness that you are displaying in this revival. 
And uh, we know God rewards faithfulness. Amen. Amen. We want to be faithful in all aspects of our lives. Faithful to the house of God and also faithful to the things of God. Amen. When we're away from the house of God, we still want to be faithful, don't we? Amen. What a pleasure. I'm telling you, it is fun to live for God. There is no better way to live than living for God. Amen. It's not always fun. It's not always fun for anybody. It's not always easy. It's not always easy for anybody. Devil wants you to think that it's easy. Amen. It's uh, just to live any old way you want to, but I'm telling you, uh, the best life is living for the Lord. Amen. Verse number 3 of 2 Corinthians 10, Apostle Paul writes, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly or human, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. This fourth verse of 2 Corinthians 10 is a parenthetical statement. It is contained by parenthesis. Amen. And he says in verse 3, we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. And uh, he goes on in verse 5 to talk about uh, the way that we war, what happens when we war. Verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Amen. I want to talk to us tonight uh, from these verses of Scripture on this thought. There is a way to war. There is a way to war. Amen. Would you lift up your voice together? Let's magnify His name. Let's glorify Him. Would you pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost on everyone in this service right now? Magnify the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you for opening a great door and effectual. I want to thank you, Lord, for a visitation of your spirit, confirmation of your word. Thank you for grace and anointing upon our hearts. I love you, Jesus. I worship your holy name. We receive your word. We're hungry, God, for your ways in the name of Jesus. We believe you for it, God. And everyone said in Jesus' name, may be seated, Lord bless you. I am quite confident tonight that when we read in the Word of God, verses like what we have read from the 10th chapter of 2 Corinthians, most of our minds and our hearts go to that same vein and train of thought. 
when we read words about not warring after the flesh and having weapons of warfare that are not carnal. And we read about strongholds being pulled down. It is understandable uh, that we would uh, begin to think along the lines uh, of our adversary. And truly, we are very aware and certainly aware uh, of our adversary this evening. Amen. I've not come to give undue attention to uh, our adversary tonight, but we do understand uh, that every one of us has an adversary. The Bible says through the writings of Apostle Peter that we are to be sober and to be vigilant. And this is why. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Our adversary is on the prowl tonight. He is on a mission. He's got something uh, on his mind. He's got destruction uh, and uh, division uh, on his mind. He wants to uh, devour anyone uh, that he can have uh, an influence on. Amen. I want us to make this personal tonight. Amen. The Apostle Peter said, your adversary, the devil. He could have, and it would have been accurate, he could have said, our adversary. But it's not just our adversary. It's our adversary because each one of us, to us, it's your adversary. Pastor Riggin, your adversary. Brother Goff, your adversary. Amen. Your adversary, your adversary, your adversary. And because each one of us has a personal uh, adversary, it is uh, our uh, adversary. Amen. But, but we can generalize things. It's the adversary of the church and adversary of God's people. But, and then we can just live uh, in general. We can just live uh, uh, in a general life. But when you recognize I have an adversary, and it's up to me uh, to overcome my uh, adversary. Amen. Peter continues, whom resist uh, steadfast in uh, the faith. Uh, we're not just running and hiding. Uh, we're not just acknowledging uh, we have an adversary. But we know what to do with our adversary, the devil. Amen. We're not just letting him do what he wants to do. Amen. We're not having revival because the devil gives us permission. We're not just having the revival uh, the devil will let us have. If that were the case, we would have no uh, revival. Nothing good would ever happen in the house of the Lord. There would be no victory. There would be no anointing. There would be no conviction. There would be no revelation. Amen. I, I wonder, is anybody willing to push back tonight? 
Amen. Whom resist steadfastly. Fast in the faith. We know that we're not the only ones going through some stuff. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The devil is everybody's adversary. Your brethren that are in the world. You're not going through what you're going through just because you're trying to live for God. Amen. I know it seems like we get all his attention. Amen. I promise you the devil doesn't ignore any opportunity to do anything bad to anybody. Amen. If he can drag somebody bound in sin further into their addiction, he's going to do it every time. If he can make a bad life even worse, uh, he'll do it every time. Amen. If he can make bondage uh, greater, he'll do it every time. It's not like he ever gets to a place that says, you know what, amen, I think I've done enough for them. I'll just leave it be. No, if he has a chance, amen, if it's every day to make it worse and worse and worse and worse, that's exactly what he will do. Amen, the Bible says the just man falls seven times. Anybody ever made a mistake? Anybody ever thought something you wish you hadn't thought, said something you wish you hadn't uh, amen. Said, done something you wish you hadn't done. Come on, somebody. Amen. The Bible said through the Apostle John, if any man sin, uh, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If we, he's talking to the church, confess our sins, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us uh, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm not glossing over sin tonight, uh, but amen. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. That's the truth tonight. We don't like it when it happens, but we know what to do when we come up short. We know what to do when we make a mistake. We carry our sin to the throne. We come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of we don't justify carnality. We don't shrug it off and say, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. No, no, no. Hey, man, we feel conviction. And we come to an altar and we repent of our sins. A just man falls. The Bible said the wicked fall into temptation and a snare. The wicked just keep falling further and further. You know what? It's important what you do when you fall down. I said it's important what you do when you fall down. I don't want to belabor this point tonight. This is not the, 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 uh, the heart of my burden. But uh, there was a lot. Of, we read about a lot of mistakes in the Bible. I, I'm just going to, I could give specifics, but I'm just going to, uh, make a, some, a few general statements about this. There's a lot of mistakes we read about in the Bible. Do you understand uh, that what makes the difference between a, uh, a hero and a failure in Scripture is what happened uh, when they fell? What they did uh, with their mistakes. 
Amen. You'll be hard-pressed. You know, there, there, there's some of the prophets that we don't know all the, 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 the details of their life. And uh, we're, we're not privy to what happened behind the scenes, if you will, of their life. But, uh, but, 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 but the ones that we know a lot about, uh, amen, find one of those in the Bible that you can't say that was a mistake. That was a failure. That's where they fell. Amen. But they're heroes of faith because they fell and rose up again. It meant they fell, but they didn't stay down. It meant they fell down, but they didn't stay down. They got back up. And they just didn't stay where they were when they got back up. But they climbed up a little higher. And the next time they fell, it, man, when they fell down, they were still higher than the last time they fell down. Because they just keep climbing. They keep getting up and keep climbing. They keep getting up and keep climbing. They keep getting up and keep climbing. They keep getting up. Somebody hear this tonight. It meant this is how to overcome. This is how to have revival. This is how to be a child of the king. Get up and keep climbing. Get up and keep climbing. Man, the apostle Paul declared to the church at Ephesus, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Thankfully, my my perspective has changed uh, through the years of ministry because uh, early on, uh, uh, for whatever reason, uh, I had a very defensive mentality when it came uh, to spiritual warfare. And I heard verses of Scripture like, uh, the gates of hell uh, shall not prevail against the church. And I had a defensive mentality. It meant I just took confidence that no matter what hell threw against the church, uh, the church was going to endure. Amen. But that's not what that verse of Scripture means. Amen. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. The church is not a defensive operation. The best defense is a good offense. Amen. Amen. It doesn't sound like Jesus had defense in mind when he said all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore. He didn't say hold the fort until I come. He didn't say, I have all power, so dig in the trench, crawl in the foxhole, and pull the cover over your head. No, he said, because I have all power, go. Even before the Holy Ghost was poured out, he sent the disciples to go before him and say, there's something special on the way. He sent the 
them. And he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the devil. He didn't send them. He meant to be defensive. And they returned with joy. And they said, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He said, don't rejoice that the devils are subject to you. That's really no big deal. That was took care of a long time ago. He said, if you want to rejoice, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus is not really excited about you having spiritual authority. But he's very excited about you being ready for the trumpet to sound. I'm glad we have authority over our adversary. Amen. But that's not the theme of our life. Our lives are not about spiritual authority. It's about submission to his authority. It's about acknowledging his authority. It's not about our authority. It's about his Amen. If God had commissioned us to do the job he sent Michael the archangel to do when it comes time to dispute about the body of Moses, many of us would have failed the mission miserably because it would have been about our authority over the devil. But Jude said he durst not bring against him railing accusation but said, The Lord rebuke thee, Satan. It's not about my authority. It's not about my ability. But it is about my revelation and my conviction about the one that has all power. Hallelujah. Come on. This is not about what makes us look good. Amen. It's not about us. We're servants. It's not about our appearance uh, as far as uh, pride and arrogance and position and accomplishments are concerned. Does your Bible still declare no flesh and glory in his presence? Amen. Isaiah was a, by, by, by many people's perspective and opinion, a very successful man. Man, but, but, but he said in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And then this man of great reverence and respect and accomplishment, he meant felt down. What Isaiah is saying, I thought I had it together. But when I see the one, when I see the Lord as he wants to be seen, amen, I'm nothing. My righteousnesses are as filthy rags. I can rub shoulders and hop now, but dignitaries. Amen. I can feel at home in the king's palace. Amen. I can be buddy-buddy with King Isaiah. Amen. But I got a revelation of the one that has all power. And when I see him as he is, I fall down on my face. I cry, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among a people of unclean lips. I'm nothing, but he's everything. 
Amen. Come on, somebody, hear me. Amen. Let's get over ourselves and let's get into Jesus. Amen. Yes, we rejoice in his power. Yes, we rejoice in the miraculous. But what we rejoice about most is being saved. I'm afraid that oftentimes we're out of balance when we get more excited about miracles of healing than we do miracles of salvation. Amen. We can hear a preacher tell about somebody being raised from the dead and we go nuts. Amen. But somebody gets up, a missionary comes and said, we had 500 get the Holy Ghost. Amen. In our mission this year and we just give a, a polite acknowledgement and, and a nice little hand clap. Oh, that's nice. Amen. Yes, I'm excited about miracles. That's part of the covenant. With his stripes we are healed. Understand the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to pray. I, I, I get all that, to heal the I get. I understand all that. But there's far more of the spiritual connotation to the covenant than there is the physical. Can I tell you the physical benefits are just fringe benefits. Hallelujah, he came to provide healing for the soul. He didn't come to open up blinded eyes. That's not why he came. He did that while he, when he was here, but he came to seek and save that which was lost. He walked on the water when he was here, but that's not why he came. He turned water into wine, but that's not why he came. He performed multiple miracles, but that's not why he came. Thus to move Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the first day, that repentance and remission of sin. Please hear me. I'm doing my best uh, to mind the spirit. Uh, could it be? Could it be uh, if the truth church uh, would get more excited uh, about people getting the Holy Ghost, uh, we might see it more often? If we would live with real revelation, it's not about the physical. It's about the spiritual. It's not about uh, Hallelujah, brother, what are you discrediting the miraculous? No, I'm not. I'm putting the miraculous in perspective. There's no greater miracle than sins being forgiven. There's no greater miracle than sins being washed away. My Lord, I feel my help coming on me right now. Amen. Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with you. I want to talk about miracles. I want to talk about signs and wonders. I want to talk about all these good things you're doing. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. If you want to... If... It's not about my miraculous ministry. It's about being saved. It's about being born again. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise the Lord together. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Come on. You're not on trial tonight. Amen. God's not against you. Amen. He's for you. He's come with revelation. He's come to open our eyes tonight that we may see as he would have us to see. He opened their eyes that they understand the scripture. God, open our understanding tonight. Come on, let's pray that together. Come on, make it personal. God, open my understanding. <laughs> open my understanding, oh God, that I might understand the scripture, that I might understand. Open my understanding that I might understand. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's about salvation, folks. It's about salvation. I know that's not all he does, but there's nothing more important. That's what it's all about. Amen. He said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. If your foot offends you, it's better to go into life eternal, halt and blind and maimed, than enter into death, amen, whole physically. What he's saying is, there's nothing more important than being saved. I'm glad he's my healer. I really am. But I'm more glad he's my savior. Because really, hear me tonight. What good is it if he's my healer and not my savior? Temporary. Reprieve and health is nothing in comparison to eternal damnation. I, I know we don't have to choose. I, I'm glad about that. Please, please, don't, don't allow your spirit to make me uh, qualify every statement I make. We, we, we don't have to choose between healing or salvation. They're all a part of the covenant, but I just want to help us get in balance tonight. I know that when you when you when there's something wrong with your body, yeah, I need a healing. I I, I, I understand all that. I, I really, I, I, you know what I'm saying. We rejoice in healing. We rejoice in the miraculous. Amen. As well we should, but we should rejoice more. We rejoice when blinded eyes are open, but we rejoice more when sins are forgiven. We rejoice over the lame walking and the dumb speaking and the blind seeing and the deaf hearing and the dead living. We rejoice about that, but my Bible said there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. Amen. I stand corrected if need be tonight, but my Bible doesn't say the angels rejoice. The Bible says the angels desire to look into this. That means they don't really understand everything there's to know about redemption. They, angels can't truly comprehend redemption because it's not for them. 
They're spiritual beings, but they have no soul. They weren't created in the image of God. Bible doesn't say the angels rejoice, but it said in the presence of the angels there's rejoicing. The only ones that I'm aware of that are in the presence of angels is God and the people of God. I just I, I just wonder if we don't come up short oftentimes. Because our joy is not near as joyous as God's joy is over the most important thing in all the world. Amen. Somebody repented of their sins. Somebody got baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody got filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody. Come on. Amen. We should show forth the praises of him. Not that healed us, not that opened our eyes, not that unstopped our ears, not that raised us from the grave. No, show forth the praises of him that brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Even the Bible said, when he said, but in this rejoice that your names are written in heaven, Jesus. The Bible said the same hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. Amen, that's not capital S, Holy Ghost Spirit. That's little s, human emotion spirit. Amen, a more accurate translation. Amen, the words in the language mean Jesus leapt for joy. Jesus got excited. Jesus got beside himself. What you so excited about, Lord? I'm rejoicing about names being written. Anybody glad your name's been written? I said, is anybody glad your name has been written in heaven? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. It's a big deal to see miracles. It's a big deal to have authority over sickness. It's part of the covenant. I understand that. Amen. But the most important part of the covenant, the greatest thing about the covenant, amen, is forgiveness and remission and salvation. Lift up your hands and thank the Lord here right now. I love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody pray. Oh, God, open my understanding tonight. Open my understanding. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to say it again. It's a big deal to have power of the devil, but it's a bigger deal to be saved. It's a big deal to be healed physically, but it's a bigger deal to be healed spiritually. It's a big deal to see miracles happen, but it's a bigger deal to see salvation happen.
I submit tonight that there's more to spiritual warfare than what we might care to admit. There's more to spiritual warfare than button heads with the devil. Because Paul said we've got weapons and they're not carnal. He did say we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. Our warfare is not of this world. We think about warfare, we think about strongholds, we want to think about the devil and our authority over him. But Paul said, our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He said we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. And if you just skip over that parenthetical statement, that's just, it's just there to give some understanding about our warfare. But he said, this is, what, this is how we war. I said, this is how we war. Cast, uh, oh, we're pulling down strongholds. Yeah, but what's really happening when strongholds are being pulled down is imaginations uh, are being cast down. Somebody shout imaginations. Now, I don't think it's really that complicated. Does anybody have an imagination? I mean, some of us have more of one than others. I get that. Some people have a very graphic imagination. Uh, some people are, uh, it seems, sometimes imaginationally challenged. I'm just, I'm creating all kind of new words in this revival. I can pronounce it, just don't actually spell it. Imaginationally. Said, why don't you, why don't you cast down some imaginations? Instead of looking for the devil under every rock, why don't you look in the mirror? I know we have an adversary, but do you understand that he is only as effective as he's allowed to be? What was the first battle he ever won? It wasn't in heaven. He got kicked out. And he got kicked out of the garden, but it wasn't man that kicked him out. It meant he won the battle for the mind. Hath God said? And humanity began to imagine what that must taste like. Imagine what it will feel like to be as God. Came in that Paul said, uh, if we're going to win the war, we got to do something with all these imagination. Come on, don't get quiet on me now. 
Come on, you want to kick the devil in the, in the seat of the britches. But I'm telling you, we need to do something about our thoughts. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strong, how the strongholds... Where are strongholds erected? Where are strongholds built? Where are strongholds fortified? If not between your ears, where, pray tell, are they erected? Cast down imaginations. Cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Come on, somebody. Do something with what's trying to rob you of what you know about God. We sang about it tonight, and there was a challenge of our faith. Our God can do anything. We were button heads with a spirit of intimidation in our worship service tonight. Why? Why? Because it's not true. Why? Because God's lost power. Because of imaginations and high things that exalt themselves against our knowledge of God. What we know of it. Paul said, I am persuaded he's able. I'm convinced. I'm not backing up. I'm not apologizing. If God be for us, who can be against us? Brother Waldrop. Better be careful. You're going to start the devil up. He's already started. You better be careful. You're going to make the devil mad. He's already started. That, that, that. Oh, when I start leaning on the pulpit, it gets dangerous. How much biblical sense does it make to say, you better be careful because we have a devil. We have an adversary. We don't want to start it. You know what you're saying? I don't believe God has all power. There's something wrong between your ears. There's some imaginations and some knowledge. There's some strongholds that need to be torn down. If you get afraid of stirring up the devil, there's something wrong with your mind. I, I, I don't walk around with my chest puffed out saying, bless God, I'm a child of the king. You better watch out, devil, because rather you're not here, I can own oh, no. I don't go, I, I don't live looking for a fight. But you hear me, if a fight shows up, I'm not going to live backing down from one. Amen. Amen. Shama wasn't looking for a fight. He was defending the harvest. And if it means there's a fight, uh, well, then I'm just going to fight. But I would rather fight and die than run and live. Because running for your life is no way to live. Amen. There's a better way to live for God than running amen, away from confrontation, running away from intimidation, running away from aggravation. Sometime or another, you're going to have to get tired of running and turn. The first order of business when they got across the Red Sea was turn around and face your enemy.
deal with your adversary. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, submitting your thoughts to God. And being afraid of the devil is not submitting your thoughts to Jesus Christ. Amen. Because what Jesus thinks, amen, let this mind, the Bible said, be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He knew who he was. But he made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Amen. It's not about us and our ability, but it's about our conviction and our understanding, casting down imaginations. Amen. When I pray, I'm expecting God to answer because that's what the Bible says. Come on. Amen. Don't be intimidated because in your opinion you don't have perfect faith. Come on. The Bible just said even Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. What was the deal? Amen. How do you have strong faith? You live your life according to God's word. Amen. The heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, they ordered their lives according to the word of God. Amen. Abel built the altar according to the word of God. Enoch walked in life according to the word of God. Noah built the ark according to the word of God. Abraham left or the Chaldees according to the word of God. Moses, amen, left Egypt according to the word of God. God said and they obeyed. They didn't argue, fuss. They didn't say, well, we'll see. No. Because if you have that perspective, a lot of times you'll never see. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. My walk with God is not dependent upon what I see and how I feel. My faith says God's able. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you better bow. You're going to burn. And we're not careful to answer thee, O king. Our God that we serve is able. He is able to deliver us. Whether he does or not, that's up to him. But what's up to me is to not bow. What's up to me is to do right with what I know. And I know he's able. Therefore, because I know he's able, I'm not bowing. And it might be the last thing, amen, I ever do or don't do in life. But what matters is I did right with what I knew. 
Amen. I will not allow intimidation to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. I'll not let fear exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Come on, casting down imaginations. Amen. Casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity. Yes, I'm preaching spiritual warfare. Yes, I'm preaching spiritual warfare. Yes, I'm preaching spiritual warfare. Remember, I'm not preaching about rebuking the devil. I'm preaching regarding up the loins of your mind. I'm preaching submitting your thoughts to the Word of God. I'm preaching surrendering your will to the will of heaven. Amen. There is a way to war. And most of the time, the battlefield is between our ears. We want to make it all about the devil. And there's more spiritual warfare that we do inside our mind than we do anywhere else. Let's be honest, brothers and sisters, because if our mind is right, if our revelation is accurate, if our convictions are strong, is that not what another thing that made Bible heroes heroes? They didn't act on the flesh. They acted on the Word of God. They didn't always do what was easy and just do things that were right when it was easy to do it. Paul said, I went to God three times about something that I didn't like. And God said, Paul, I just, 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 just let me say it the way I feel like saying it. It's not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the book. Paul, I got, I got a different way for you to think about the thorns. You can see is the aggravation it's causing. I want you to see that as an opportunity to be receptive of grace. Because Paul, if I allowed this, I allowed this, Paul. This this got my approval and my permission. Paul, I allowed this to happen. So you would allow me to work in your life even more. I allowed this to happen, Paul, so you would realize how weak you are because when you realize how much you need my help, you depend upon my help and you ask for my help more. And Paul, the more I help you, the more gets done. Amen. The mind that Paul had when he said, I besought the Lord thrice that he might take it away. But God said, my grace is sufficient. And the same man that said, Lord, take it away, said, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon what happened, Paul? Uh, I cast down some imaginations uh, and some high things uh, that exalt. I'm not saying everything bad in life is the will of God, uh, but I'm saying uh, let's let God use everything. And let's do right with everything. Amen. If he wants to work a miracle, amen, let's exercise our faith. 
But if he wants a revelation of grace, uh, let's be receptive. Uh, let's let God be the ones that decides uh, the purpose uh, of this situation. Let's lift our hands and glorify the Lord together right now. Thank you for your word, Lord. I receive it with meekness. With meekness, the engrafted word of truth. Oh, God, open our understanding that we might understand the scriptures. Oh, God. Oh, God, faith to cast down imaginations. Faith and burden and desire to cast down high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Faith, faith, oh God, to bring into captivity every thought. Faith to do right with our mind. Oh God, there is a way to war. There is a way to war. There is a time of war. We understand it, God, but help us to see the devil's a part of it, but not all of it. And if I... Come on, the success or failure of my warfare depends on which side I allow to rule in my mind. Am I going to allow God to rule in my mind or not? If I let God rule, my prayers are going to be what they should be. My approach to life, my degree of faith, my expectation, and my fervency in spirit will be as it should. But if I allow hell to reign in my mind, if I allow strongholds of iniquity to be erected in my mind, if I allow questions to the Word of God to arise in my mind, hath God said? The quickest way to get kicked out of paradise is to doubt the Word of God and to question God's authority and His decisions. Question the way God does things and you'll find yourself out of paradise before you know it. Faith's not on trial tonight, right? God's not against anybody. He's for you. I'm challenging you tonight. I know this is this is this is a little different vein, but this is the will of God. This is where we are in this revival. Amen. God wants you to get out of bed tomorrow differently than you got out this morning. God wants you to go about your day tomorrow differently than you went about your day today. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. Man, who knows how much good I can do for God today. I'm just going to try to obey God. I'm just going to try to do the best I can do. I'm going to take advantage of evangelism opportunities. Amen. I'm looking for something good to happen. This is not power of positive thinking. This is not charismatic mumbo jumbo. It's let this mind be in you. It's casting down imagination. Somebody wants to be saved. There's hungry people all around me. It meant, was, did, did Jesus know what he's talking about? Uh, when he said the harvest truly is plenteous, uh, the living Bible translation says vast fields of human souls are arriving all around you ready for reaping. 
know what he's talking about? Was he just trying to hype somebody up? Oh, no. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again, bringing his sheaves with him. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. There's a God in heaven that wants to do good things to his people. But somebody's having a hard time believing that tonight because of strongholds in your mind. Me, my home, my family, our church, our city. Let's stand together. With the faith that you can muster tonight, with honesty in your heart. I'm feeling you tonight. I'm not frustrated with you at all. Somebody here, hear me tonight. God's not frustrated with you. God's here to help you. There was a man that needed a miracle in his family. He went to the disciples and they, they, they didn't get the job done. And so Jesus come down off the mountain and found out what was going on. And he said to the man, if you can believe, With tears in his eyes, the man said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. That's just how I feel it. Lord, I, I, I know you can, but I don't know if you will. You've done it for others, but I don't know if you'll do it for me. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to good people that have lived years of your life frustrated spiritually. Amen. You approach God with tears. Am I good enough? Is my faith good enough? Am I qualified? I'm telling you, the man went home that day with a miracle because he was honest with God and said, I'm not everything I want to be, but I know you're able to take care of this. I'm telling you, God wants to do good things for some people. And, and the stronghold that hell has erected in your mind says you don't have enough faith and you're not good enough and you're not qualified and you missed your opportunity and you messed up back there. And you, come on, take authority over that. Rebuke that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, you did make a mistake, but did you repent? To, Come on, did you did you did you cry so some tears, sincere tears on an altar? Did you take it to the Lord? Did you ask God to forgive you? Or by the Lord, you just don't. You just don't know the mistakes I made. You don't know how I lived before I came. What? That doesn't matter. If any man be in Christ, he is a. Brother Walter, my backslid. Uh, yeah, but you know what happened? Uh, you may have gotten out, but now you're back in. Uh, and if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. All the Bible heroes made mistakes, but they got up. They all thought things they shouldn't have thought. They said things they shouldn't have said. They did things they shouldn't have done. But they, they did right with what was wrong. Hey, 
I said they did right with what was wrong. There were wrong thoughts, and so they repented of it. There were wrong feelings, so they prayed through about it. There was a wrong perspective, so they went to the throne about it. Oh, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Come on, strongholds in your mind. Strongholds. Come on, what do you say? Let's tear down. Man, the bad stronghold. And let's raise up a good one. Let's replace a demonic stronghold with a divine stronghold. Hey, 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 hey. Paul said, I've heard of your faith and the love. Amen. I don't cease to give thanks. Amen. Making mention of my prayers. He said, I've got a prayer that I pray for God's people. I close tonight. He said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know, somebody shall know, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Paul said, my prayer for the church is for wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that you would know what you need to know about God. God's far above all, he said, principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named in this world and in the world to come. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. I'm convinced tonight the devil doesn't want you to believe in one God, but if, if you just believe in one God, he'll, he'll adjust. I'm telling you, that's not all of the revelation. He doesn't want you to have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. But he certainly, certainly doesn't want you to have the revelation of the mighty Christ in the church. He doesn't want you to to believe that all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus Christ. But he certainly doesn't want you to believe that the church is the fullness of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to believe that Jesus Christ was God's body, physical body in the earth. He certainly doesn't want you to believe that the church is his body in the dispensation of grace, which is his body. The church is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all I'm the body of Christ. And greater works than these shall ye do. Come on, somebody. Somebody submit your thoughts. Submit your thoughts to God right now. Somebody rebuke fear. Rebuke doubt. Rebuke intimidation. Come on, strongholds of fear. Strongholds of unbelief. Strongholds of criticism. Strongholds of negativity. Negativity. 
strongholds of future revival. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for desire tonight. Amen. Lord, I believe. I want to believe more, but I do believe. I know I'm not all I, I want to be, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to open up my mouth and give it a chance tonight, God. Oh, I believe you, Lord. Hallelujah. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God. We walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. Casting down. Come on. Man, that's not up to God. That's up to you. It's not up to the devil. It's up to you. You take authority in Jesus' name. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your mind. You rebuke those fears in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You plead the blood over your mind. Don't just let the devil put junk in your mind. Amen. And never challenge it. Come on, you can't help some thoughts that you think. Amen. But you can gird up the loins of your mind. Amen. You don't have to focus on it. I said you don't have to focus on it. Amen. Everybody has junk comes into your mind. We're human. Amen. We have an Adamic nature. But when it happens, we can plead the blood and take authority and not allow a stronghold of lust to be erected in our mind. Not allow a stronghold of criticism to be erected in our mind. The devil has convinced somebody here tonight, you'll never be good enough. The times that you respond most to his presence are those times when the message and the songs are, God's here to help you. And in pity and in contrition and guilt and intimidation, you, you stand before God unqualified. That's a stronghold, sis. I said that's a stronghold. Do right with what's wrong. Get up. And don't just get back to where you were when you fell, but go higher. Let's go somewhere in the Holy Ghost right now. Would you lift up your voice? Come on, somebody give God your mind tonight, Lord. Oh, God, answer. Answer the apostles' prayer in me. Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened. That I would know what is the hope of your calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us for who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Amen. Now unto him. Now unto him. Now, come on, somebody hear this tonight. Now, your pastor quoted it. Now unto him, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. We ask or think. Come on, where are your questions formulated? Where are your petitions formulated? If not in your mind, where? 
Amen. Do you think, if not in your mind, where do you ask? If not in your mind, where do you question? And he said, I'm able. If you can ask it, if you can think it, I can do more than that. My God, ask for more. Think greater thoughts. My God is able. He's a mighty big God. Oh, what does almighty mean to you? Come on, if he can do anything, he can do anything else. If he can heal anything, he can heal everything. Above all, we ask. Lord, use me to fill my pew with hungry souls. In this revival, Lord, use me to teach a Bible study this week, this week. Lord, use me to make a connection with somebody every day. Come on, does anybody remember last Tuesday service? Come on, here we are again. Amen. Hallelujah. Oftentimes we don't try to do anything for God because there's something wrong with our thoughts. We think we're wasting our time. We think it don't work. We're convinced in our mind. We're wasting our time. Nobody's hungry. Amen. They think I'm weird. Come on, that's a stronghold. Come on, you're not wicked or vile or ungodly or human. And God is trying to let his spirit get into your mind and affect, amen, your mind. Because with your mind, you ask. With your mind, you think. With your mind, you pray. And with tears, a desperate father said, I don't have all I want, but I do have some, and I'm giving you all I've got. God said, that's enough. I can do something if you'll give me what you got. I'm so sorry for preaching so long tonight. I really am. But somebody in this room tonight is not giving God anything. Because you're convinced that you don't have even enough to offer. And what you have is not qualified to give to God. says the least in the kingdom is greater than John. And the devil knows that if you'll never offer to God, God will never have anything to work with. Does not your Bible say despise not the day of small faith? Does the song not declare little as much when God is in it? 
Brother Apostle, I'm sorry. I, I, I. I don't have enough to give. What, what I have to offer is not enough. It's just barely enough for me. Aren't you glad that little lad didn't allow the fact that he didn't have much to offer to hinder him from giving it anyway? And God took a little. Telling you, I feel something miraculous in this room. I know the volume's not as loud and the tempo's not as high, but I'm telling you, I feel something miraculous in this room right now. you glad he didn't have much to offer, but he gave it anyway, and God did something big with something small. Those four lepers sitting outside the gate of the city didn't have much to offer. They didn't have much ability, much energy, much health, much strength. Amen. God says you don't have to have much. Just give me what you got, and I'll do something with it. You think you've got it all figured out. If this church has a real revival, it's going to be because of so-and-so. Because they're the ones with the faith. They're the ones with the personality. They're the ones with the charisma. They're the ones with the education. They're the ones with the bankroll. They're the ones that are qualified. I'm telling you, God wants to blow your mind. God wants to amaze the mind of the truth church. All he's asking for is just give me what you got. I'm asking this church family to come and stand in these altars. Bring Bring your mind with you. Bring your faith with you. Bring your desire with you. And say, Lord, here it is. Lord, here's all the chinks in my armor. Here's all my faults and all my failures. Here's all my mistakes. Here's all my misgivings. Here's all my questions. Here's all my shortcomings. Here's all the reasons why I never have, God. Here it is. Oh, God, I need a miracle in my mind. I need a miracle in my mind. God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my mind. Because there is a way to war. And the battlefield is in the mind. The battlefield is my thoughts. The battlefield is my decisions. I decide whether or not I'm going to invite somebody to church. That happens in my mind. My decisions are made in my mind. My choices are made in my mind. <laughs> my words are framed in my mind. Oh, the Holy Ghost wants to do something that you've never seen.
He wants to use somebody that he's never used. Oh, if you've been used of God, he wants to keep using you. But I'm telling you, it's time for everybody of the truth church to get involved. It's time for everybody, regardless and in spite of all the reasons, all the reasonings. Come on, does God not say in your Bible, let's reason together, saith the Lord. I know about your sin. I know about your problem. I know about your fear. I know what you're afraid of. I, I, I know why you say you can't. Amen, but if you'll give it to me. I'll take care of that. If you'll give me a chance, I'll turn all that around. Come on, I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. I'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But I can't give you what I've got until you first give me what you've got. You've got to turn loose of why you can't so I can give to you why you can He's not a God that'll gloss over your mistakes. He's a God that'll forgive them. He's got blood enough to cover you. He's got power enough to heal you. His ability is still great. His ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. His arm is not short that it cannot save. Somebody believe the word of the Lord. Come on, Jehoshaphat said, believe his word. Believe his prophets. God's got a miracle for us. If we'll just let him be God. The battle is not ours, it's his. Let's let God be the God he wants to be for us. devil says, if you can't comprehend it, God will never do it. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Little Mary couldn't comprehend how a virgin could be with child. I can't comprehend it, but being unto me according to thy word. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I can't imagine helping Salvation come. <laughs> oh, you're not qualified then. You're not good enough. You don't have enough faith, Mary. Oh, yes, she does. She couldn't imagine it. But she could surrender to the will of God and say, be it unto me. Amen, Jesus. So be it. <laughs> Here I am, Lord. My soul says yes from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul yes Lord <laughs> not maybe not later not perhaps yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Ooh. 
No, no, come on, strongholds are being pulled down right now. I know what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost. I know the faith that I feel in my spirit right now. Lord, Brother Walter, this is so different. This is what you need. It's always what it's always been. Amen. Come on. God says, amen, let me do it. Just give it to me in simplicity, in humility, in sincerity. <laughs> We're not jumping and hollering and screaming and shouting. Oh, we'll do more of that when it's in the will of God. But tonight, amen, there's tears that are in order. Sincerity and humility. Revelation and conviction. Not just mindless and robotic response to Pentecostal tradition, but sincere and heartfelt desire to be used in the kingdom of God. <laughs> Believe His Word. Believe His prophets. So shall you be established. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I'm giving you my thoughts. Lord, I'm giving you my, my oh, Lord, I'm, oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I believe you, Jesus. Exceeding abundantly above all we ask. What are you asking for? You have not because you ask not. Exceeding abundantly above all we think. How long has it been since you asked and thought according to his power? When's the last time you let the Holy Ghost affect your petition and your request and your thoughts? When was the last time you let your imagination get anointed and ask a big God for big things? 